Well, hello, everybody. Today we're going to be talking about uh, Double Fantasy, which was John Lennon and Yoko Ono's uh, collaboration from 1980 and is probably best known as John Lennon's last album that he released while he was alive. And today we're going to talk through a little bit about the background of the album and some of the opinions that people gave about it, including our own, and then talk about something neat that came out a couple years ago that made us hear the album in a completely different way. So we'll go from there. Yeah, Dave, uh, this uh, album uh, was never really uh, that big of a favorite of mine for some reason. I, I just kind of dismissed it as, you know, well, Yoko's on half of it. <laughs> so, you know, probably on first list, and I was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> and then some of these some of these hits that are on this album aren't necessarily my favorite John Lennon songs. A couple of them are, but mm -hmm. a couple of them, like Beautiful Boy, I've always thought of as being a little bit overrated. Okay. okay. Uh, but a couple of years ago, the Strip Down com comes out, and uh, I don't know about you, but... Uh, I, I thought it was a fantastic uh, release, and I thought it, it really reframed a couple of these songs and made me appreciate three or four of these songs a lot more than I used to. And, and really, the, the album as a whole, I think the stripped-down version actually is a little bit better of an album. Maybe individually some tracks are worse, but I think the stripped-down version is... is really, really good and really uh, ties the album together as a, you know, a true collaboration between John and Yoko. It, it really makes it feel that way a right. little bit more than the the original release kind of sounds like, you know, oh, now here's Yoko's thing, <laughs> overproduced thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with almost everything you said there. Well, I think agree with everything you said. Uh, to give a little background on the album itself before we uh, go further on that, it was, as I mentioned earlier, John's last album and recorded after he'd been on a self-imposed vacation from the music industry for about five years, from 1975 until uh, mid-1980, summer of 1980. And he and Yoko went on a trip to Bermuda, and I guess a harrowing trip. They took a boat, and it was very uh, choppy waters and such, but uh, they got there and wrote lots of songs and John decided that it was time to go back and record and uh, they went back in the studio in New York City and recorded this album and it's, as Chris mentioned, it's a back and forth. Uh, they eat, There's 14 songs and it's back and forth starting with John and then Yoko and they keep alternating songs. And what's interesting is, if you're a, a Lennon fan, you probably think, because it has a lot of hits on it, you think it was really popular. But actually, when it came out, a lot of the reviews were kind of lukewarm, strangely enough. They thought it was a little bit sappy. And I think in the way it was recorded, as you were saying, it sounds a little sappy in the production. But a couple of the hits... Uh, Want to, we might as well read the list of songs here if you want to go down the list. Well, let's uh, uh, go through this album track by track now. The uh, first uh, song in the album was uh, a hit song, uh, Just Like Starting Over. And uh, it's sort of uh, you know got a 50s kind of throwback feel to it. And John even does kind of an Elvis impersonation <laughs> of sorts on it. I've always liked it a lot. I've always thought it's uh, really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, do you think that, that, that because I was just saying about how it was an al album that had been made after sitting out for all these years, and the first song, just like starting over, then he was really starting over. Do you think a lot of the album reviews now, or the way we think about it, you can't help but think about the fact that John Lennon was assassinated right after it came out, about three weeks. You know? Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, that 
the the themes in the album are, are I mean, it's just like such an optimistic album and such a, you know, I mean, the the, the last song on the album is called Hard Times Are Over. Yeah. And, and a lot of it's about the, you know, Sean and, yeah. and you know, their, their family relationship. So, so to know he was, you know, it makes every single song seems a lot more poignant, I believe. Yeah. Because of the, you know, what happened. Yeah, I, uh, that's very true. And so you start the album off with just like starting over, it starts with a couple of bells. And then, it, as you said, it was this 50s throwback song. Uh, and it's followed up by... We're just going to go quickly well, through the songs here. Do you want to... Well, I just, I just wanted to say on, on uh, the stripped down, uh, just like starting over, Yeah, uh, it takes away all the... Wow, 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 and all that kind of stuff in it, and I kind of prefer that version. I, I think it sounds pretty good, but well, we but, should, ex- uh, we should ex- a, yeah, it's a classic hit. Yeah, and we should explain what what they did or what stripped down means here in this case. So they released in 2010. They re- remastered Yoko and other engineers remastered all of the Lennon solo albums, and. One of the ones they did, of course, was Double Fantasy, and they included, it was a two-CD set. And so the, the first version was the way the album originally came out in 1980, uh, remastered, which uh, you really have to be an audiophile to know what's happening there, uh, to catch a difference. And then what's more interesting that we're going to be talking about a lot is called Double Fantasy Stripped Down, and it's basically where they put the vocals way up in the mix and took away many of the overdubs and background vocals and things that, in my opinion, got in the way and made it sound kind of dated. And yeah. So that's that's what you're saying with the, they took away all the background vocals and you get to hear John, it feels very intimate, doesn't it? Like you're almost sitting in the studio with him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely starting over and uh, watching the wheels and a couple of the other ones... Uh, of of his songs on this album definitely sound that way. Yeah, uh, I think I think the uh, like the next uh, track, uh, <laughs> "Kiss Kiss Kiss," uh, Yoko Ono. That's like a good example of where they took some of the crummier production out of that song. <laughs> you know, yeah, and and it sounds more interesting. Yeah, to me, like some of her. Many of her songs on this stripped down sound a lot more interesting. Well, let's talk for a second here about Yoko's songs, because the general consensus is, is if you're a Beatle fan, that Yoko couldn't sing because she just screeched and caterwauling, screaming, and all of that. But I think if you listen to this album, it's quite different. She actually, they're, they're songs. They're not just avant-garde freakouts and very much of the time too like kiss 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 which is the second song and her first one is a disco type song wouldn't you say kind of a dance dance beat yeah yeah i think that's fair it sounds a little blondie-ish mm. <laughs> a little cross between blondie and disco or something yeah i i and i never really liked it but i, I kind of like the stripped down version a little bit better Mm-hmm. It's still got some screeching at the, at the end. <laughs> yeah, you can, she kind of does a quasi orgasm, oral orgasm. That's an A U R A L orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, something, there's something kind of charming about that particular song. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. It's um, not not something I would always skip. I don't mind it. Uh, yeah. So that's. So I kind of like the whispery stuff at the beginning too. That. The whispery Japanese language (laughs) stuff. It's kind of like, it's kind of artsy and and weird, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, if you like, if you like Yoko, that's the type of stuff you want to hear. Right. Little weird artsy types whispering. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you've got, just like starting over and kiss, 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 and then, uh, John's next contribution is called Cleanup Time, which uh, when I th- 
think of that song, it seems like not very serious song, but it's kind of fun, you know, and that's okay. There's, John doesn't always have a lot of fun songs, but it's pretty fun. Yeah, for some reason, it just, to me, that song, it was a good idea, it just <laughs> kind of didn't succeed. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's, that's what I mean, it just doesn't really go anywhere. It, it yeah, kind of meanders about halfway through. You're like, oh, this is still going on. <laughs> you know, it's kind of kit begins. You know, it's, yeah. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say listless, but you know, <laughs> bordering on it, bordering on it. Yes, it is. And the difference between the stripped down version and the original is about a minute length actually the stripped down version runs three minutes 56 seconds and the original is two minutes and 59 seconds so there's some extra stuff like some studio things and uh talking and just jamming out yeah some bit. extra jibber jibber jabber yeah exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> you want some more hey you want clean up talk with a little more jibber jabber great <laughs> so it makes the song even longer for you yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's not—it's not the worst song in the world. But no, I—I I, I can, you know, I couldn't say it's my favorite no. for sure. Um, next up, another Yoko track. <laughs> Give me something. This is a very, very short song. It's like a minute and a half. Yeah. Um, and the stripped down version is actually shorter. Um, and I like it. I. Yeah. I don't know why. It's it's not about anything. It's nonsense. <laughs> Do you like when she goes, ah-ha, ah-ha, at the beginning? <laughs> give me, give me something cold. Come on, come on. Ah. You can yeah. have it. You can have it. I, I think the stripped-down version is a little bit better. It is, and I like, the, I like the ending when she's, the tempo slows down a lot. And we'll we'll play some of these songs so you can hear, or play some clips so you can hear what we're talking about, but... Uh, there's a neat part at the end where she slows it down and gets very serious sounding, uh, but it, yeah, it's it's cool. I actually think it works. Actually, why don't we listen to just a little bit of "Give Me Something, Give Me Something"? Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> okay, here's the stripped down version. Some weird sort of like yeah, on the guitar yeah. there, but yeah, that's a fun song. It's that's uh, I like that song. It's short and very direct, and is a good segue into John's next contribution. Actually, the next two go together because they're almost the same title or they have similar feelings. And the next one is a famous Lennon tune called "I'm Losing You," and this. You, do you remember that version that came out in the John Lennon anthology, and it had the members of Cheap Trick on it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it was again. That was something that when it came out, everyone said, "Oh, I prefer that one because it's a lot more rocking again and less produced." I think. And the I don't know what, what's your feeling on "I'm Losing You." I 
I've always thought I'm Losing You is one of his most underrated tracks. Yeah. I, I really think it's it's great and it's it's got a, a, a lot of weight to it emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know? And probably some of the production and some of the get poor guitar riffs <laughs> take away you know <laughs> Wow, awesome. Yeah. But I really I really like it and there's uh you know, there's a lot of versions floating around of it, but uh, I yeah, I, I've always thought it's one of the most underrated uh, <laughs> songs, including the. Uh, let's play just a little bit of it, just at the beginning and maybe the first uh, verse. Okay. Of the of uh, I'm losing you. So um, that's the uh, I'm losing you now. The uh, stripped down version of that, uh, particularly at the end, gets like ridiculously silly. Histrionic, and, and yeah, histrionic, and it doesn't take it. Maybe that's the problem. Is in the recording of I'm losing you. I don't know if they really took it that seriously. Yeah, maybe it's just a little loose. I think though- that one should have been like. As as serious a business as you know, watching the wheels or any of those other ones, and it seemed like, it seemed a little too, I don't know, throwaway or something. Which is interesting but, because it's a serious song. It's a very yeah powerful lyric and sung really well and powerful instrumentation and everything. So it, yeah, it's a, a meaningful message. So it's surprising that the takes seem a little throw throwaway. Uh, John, John, this is Yoko. Um, <laughs> why don't you, uh, at the beginning of a song, uh, why don't you uh, make make noise with throat? Just make loud throat noise. <laughs> yeah, you got to. If you yeah, Yoko, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, so, so that if was you a listen- terrible John. I did a much better Yoko than I did a John. That was a, that was, yeah, that was a, you always do a very good Yoko. <laughs> Yeah, because on that on the stripped down version, you can really hear him do the throat noise very audibly. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of throat noise, extra throat noise. Extra. Ever wanted extra throat noise? Yep. You know you should. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so that one's followed, like you said, by "I'm Moving On." Right. Which. What do you think of that? Uh, I don't know. I guess they go together, I suppose. Why don't we listen to a little bit of I'm Moving On, just a brief snippet here uh, to see. They go right into each other, actually. I'm Losing You fades out and I'm Moving On uh, comes on. It almost sounds like the same song, so see what you think. comes right out of I'm Losing You 
and it's the same tempo and same type of beat. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting concept, but the Yoko version is so throwaway <laughs> to me. It just doesn't do anything for me. I mean, I well, don't know. I'd say unoffensive. Yeah, but here are some of the lyrics the, from that song. Uh, you didn't have to tell a white lie. You know you scored me for life. Don't stick your fingers in my pie. You know I'll see through your jive. I want the truth <laughs> and nothing more. I'm moving on, moving on. We're getting phony. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> not, over not, not, so, not so hot. No. So um, that's the, the I'm back-to-backers there. I'm losing you and I'm moving on. And yeah. Then gimmicky, I, little gimmicky, little gimmicky. Right? Yeah, but again, going along with the idea that this album is supposed to be a dialogue between two people, two lovers, and there, you know, one's one feels like he's losing his love, and the other is, has had enough and is moving on. So, I guess that's the point. Uh, the last song on the first side of the album, which I, if I remember correctly, was Beautiful Boy, which comes next. And this is John's song for his son, Sean. And you mentioned you weren't a huge fan of this song. So I think a lot of people would say they love this song and they find it very touching. So I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on Beautiful Boy. Well, here's the thing. It's, it's a corny song. <laughs> It's definitely a sweet song that, you know, they wrote for for Sean and and that's nice and everything. Uh I've always found it to be a real skipper. Uh when it comes on for me, like a skip that like an immediate skipper. Oh wow. wow. Uh, I will say this, the stripped down version has made me appreciate it a little bit more. Okay. But I think my psychic trauma with this song, I can pinpoint <laughs> to one thing, and that is a a, a film that this oh, song I know where you're going appeared this. in, uh, which is a, a movie called Mr. Holland's Opus, yep. which I apologize to anyone who likes it. I apologize to probably a lot of girls who like it, <laughs> but it's one of the... Most uh, emotionally manipulative movies I've ever seen. <laughs> and at the end of one of the uh, scenes, uh, Mr. Holland himself <laughs> sings Beautiful Boy to his deaf son. <laughs> I don't know how his deaf son can hear it. Oh, that's right, because he can feel the speakers or whatever. And he sings, instead of beautiful, 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 darling, Cold. And it's just, I, I almost threw up in the theater. Sickeningly it's, sweet. Oh, it's just <laughs> disgusting. It's really, plus yeah. he can't sing. Like, no, uh, he can't you sing. know, Richard Dreyfus cannot sing. No, that was a movie that was always suggested to me. People who, as soon as they heard I was into music, they say, oh, did you see Mr. Holland's Opus? You love that movie. And I said, no, I really didn't love that movie. Because the whole thing, was he's writing this piece, that's his opus, right? His big work. Comes out to yeah. be like three minutes of elevator music. Sounds like Yanni or something. I don't know. I was very <laughs> unimpressed. If I'd been working and going through all these trials and tribulations, I'd at least have some great piece to come out with. But ugh, yeah. that didn't do it for me. So... Yeah, I can see why you'd be a little bit jaded on that tune. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I, think I was offended by that movie, both by the uh, writing and by yeah. both as a writer and as a musician. Oh yeah, but, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that that tune's always. I mean, that's a perfect fit for that tune. Yeah, and that's yeah. a it's a it's a it's a good once again. I, I've said this before on other episodes about like the White Album and stuff. It's a good song for kids. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Play that for little kids. But I yeah. I just can't get that into it. And it's not that I have no sweetness in me. It's just that, you know, 
I will say though that yeah, definitely the stripped down version. I I I like a little bit better. It's a little bit less calypso or something. <laughs> That's true. Know? The dulcimer was in there. I'll yeah. I'll slightly disagree with you and say that even with the the appearance in Mr. Holland's opus, I have always liked that song, and I guess because maybe I am a little sappy, and I have this <laughs> this. Uh, I'll say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I can't help but think about what happened next again, and and putting it into its context of being this cute song for Sean, who, and they talk about crossing the street together and growing up and all this stuff, and it was just so cruel of what happened that Sean and John could never have that experience. So that's I, I guess I look at it that way as a very kind of a poignant song. I, I will say this, it does have one of the all-time best John Lennon-written lines in it. Yes. Uh, which quoted over and over again, yes. which is, uh, life is what happens to you when you're busy making other plans. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant line. Brilliant line, yeah. And uh, so that's Beautiful Boy, and it's followed by what I would have to say is probably my favorite Lennon solo song. And that's watching the wheels, uh, which, uh, for some speaking of great lines, has a lot of great lines in it too. And it's a song about John answering his critics, who were saying, "Well, where have you been? Haven't you missed the rat race of being in the pop business? And what do you think? Of, you know, where have you been? And don't you miss it all?" And, and he basically says, "No, I'm just doing fine watching the wheels go by, go round and round." And his life's good. He's very calm and happy. So, uh, great tune, great melody. Uh, always one of my favorites. On this one, we'll have to agree to agree. Ah, <laughs> because uh, it's I, I. This is a one of, if not the best, Lennon solo. I mean, it's hard to you know. Yeah, you've I'd put it way, way up there in the rankings, like top five for yeah, sure. Definitely. Um, had this been a Beatles song, this would be top ten. You know, it's just it's fantastic. Yeah, a uh, 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 great. I mean, it's it's a, a, a comparison uh, uh, thematically and as a uh, uh, level of quality would be uh, sitting on the dock of the bay. Yeah, like yeah. That that kind of uh, um, emotional uh, resonance to it. Let's hear, watching the wheels. Let's play the stripped down version just okay. to uh, get. I I I think uh, I, I I don't dislike the one on the original, but this one's a, just a little more, like you said, intimate. Watching the wheels, and you have two Lennon songs in a row, actually, don't you? You've had, yeah, yeah. So the back and forth is violated slightly here. So watching maybe, the wheels. Maybe that maybe that's why I skipped "Beautiful Boy" too, <laughs> is to get to. I'm like, oh, I know what's after this. Yep. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and you know the the comment that a lot of people had. I was reading some reviews of Double Fantasy stripped down, and they were saying that it. It allows you to hear John's voice and so much better than you could before. And Yoko was quoted as saying something like, 
well, I wanted everyone to hear what a great voice he had. He had the best, you know. But even though he didn't like his voice, it is yeah. a pretty amazing voice, right? You, it stands out a lot on that song. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's followed up by "Yes, I'm Your Angel," which is a Yoko <laughs> kind of throwaway, um, kind of silly little, eh, sort of like the level of. Uh, Honey pie, or it's Yoko's honey pie. Perfect, perfect <laughs> comparison. I was just wondering, like, it sounds like something. What could it sound like? It sounds like honey pie. Yeah, it's like an old, yeah. old '30s song. I did notice something today when I was re-listening to the uh, stripped-down version of it. I, I, I kind of prefer the uh, original on this one because it's a little more like the. They put it through a filter, so it's a little more old-timey, like, yes, I'm an angel. You know? That's very good. But there's a really interesting guitar sound on it, which I think I've only heard in a couple of Queen songs, a couple of Brian May songs. Um, so, so take a listen to that. Uh, when you yeah. when you on your own time listen to it, and you're talking uh, about the you're talk, which I often do. Uh, you're talking about the stripped down version. Yeah, the stripped yeah. down version. Um, I, I just I just noticed it on the stripped down version. I I need to go back and listen to the uh, original once yeah. again huh. to to see if it really stands out. That I it probably doesn't yeah. because there's a little more bells and whistles on that. Um, original version, but, uh, yeah, the guitar sounds just really interesting. Huh, I'll check uh, that out. Uh, that's followed up by another huge, huge hit, and this stripped-down version of this is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the that's next, Woman. The next song is Woman, which is, again, probably one of John's top ten solo songs and a real great ballad song for Yoko, but he says it's for the other half of the sky, and it's not just for Yoko, but it's for all women, and very beautiful song. I remember when I was a kid listening to this album, we were in Colorado on a vacation, and I brought the record with me, and that's how sad, crazy Beatle geek I was then, <laughs> uh, but I took it on vacation. But I remember how much I love that song because it has a key change in the middle of it that's really smooth and musically interesting. That is, it does, always stands out to me. I, can, I wait for that moment to happen. It's like you, you know, you, in the, your favorite songs, you know what's coming and you wait for certain things. I always wait for that key change, and it's a, a great moment. And um, the, on the on the stripped down version of this, at the beginning. We get John. What sounds just like mumbling in the in the original version, we get to just really clearly hear and talking. Yeah. Um, so so maybe what we'll do is we'll highlight both of these. We'll hear a little bit of the beginning of the stripped down version, and then uh, we'll cut it, and then we'll hear a little bit of the key change. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> so here are two bits of woman. Let me explain 
guitar so much better in that version oh yeah yeah really stands out yeah big time <laughs> uh, the, the other thing too is i i think maybe i thought that this was a little sappy too like maybe i was bundling it together with beautiful boy <laughs> but the this stripped down version is really like man i i do not skip it at no. all that's no. for sure and I, I don't know, maybe I, maybe it, it, at any time it was like on the jukebox or something and somebody played it, I, I would have been like, all right, yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. But I think like, I don't, I don't, I don't consider it one of my favorite um, Lennon songs, but um, yeah. still, still really good. Really good. Well, speaking of skipping, I always skip the next one, which is a Yoko song called Beautiful Boys. And again, there's a lot of dual titles here so we had we already had beautiful boy and now we have beautiful boys uh, now why did they put beautiful boys right after beautiful boy if they did that with i'm you losing you and i'm moving on that's a good question i don't know i guess we'll have to make an itunes playlist and see if it works <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe it just does not work maybe yeah. they're like ah, i want to do it but it just no no um i think maybe uh, I never, ever, ever listened to this one before. Uh, <laughs> like, just skipped it, like, without any kind of mercy. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this is the one, one of the few, two or three on the stripped down version that really, like, stands out as being, like, so much better. Like, so much, just a little bit, you know. Just a little bit stripping off of junk makes it so much more listenable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now that's not saying that I I've now put it into a song I like category. <laughs> it's more of a song I don't like that much. Yeah. But now I I would put it in a oh I'll let it play. Well, you that's, know that's something. Yeah, that that one's very overproduced on the original. Very heavy production. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That that one just it's yeah it's very very overproduced and and this this in this version you get you get some of this um, Yoko I mean it it just makes it, it makes it sound more emotional mm -hmm. from Yoko you know <laughs> whereas everything everything in the in the produced original album Yoko doesn't seem that connected to the you know yeah I, uh, yeah I don't know well. And continuing with the, we have already heard this before, the deja vu experience of Double Fantasy, we have to go all the way back to the Imagine album. Uh, the last mm. song on that album was called Oh Yoko. And now, in yeah. 1980, we have Dear Yoko. So John yeah. rewrites the song, or has, it's, well, it sounds completely different, but uh, now we have Dear Yoko. So, uh, short. Short and sweet, I guess. Mm, short. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I, I, I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of this one. I, yeah. I, so it's kind of like that uh, uh, comparison when when you said you didn't like "Here Comes the Moon," the George Harrison solo song, because mm -hmm. it's a follow up to "Here Comes the Sun." Yeah, that's kind of like how I feel about this one. Like, oh, Yoko's actually a great song. It is. It is. Like a great song, yeah. and this one's not a terrible song. Yeah, it's so it's kind of like yeah, you know, a little forgettable. Yeah, yeah. So that we have two more songs on the album, and then I think you would. Oh, I, I'm going to let you talk about the next one because you turned me on to this. Uh, it's probably the most radically different song on the Double Fantasy stripped down version, and that's Yoko's song "Every Man Has a Woman Who Loves Him." Yeah, this 
<laughs> is an amazing transformation because it, uh, it's uh, plastic and kind of jangly on the original, and you can't you don't really think of it at all as a duet. No. And on on this stripped down version, which we're gonna hear, it it, it is. Uh, John's voice is brought out so much that it really sounds uh, like the two of them together. And, and without all of that production stuff, the, it, it sounds just very calm. There's this sort of like, not calmness, but there's this sort of like uh, drama to it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's just a fantastic version. Of it, and and it's really like raised up to being one of my top songs of the album, but only the stripped down version. Of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, because so the other version, the original, is pretty disco-y. kind of. Yeah, yeah. Like, why? Why make that choice? I, I, yeah. I mean, they've rectified the mistake. <laughs> you know. Yes. But um. Yeah, so let's hear this. I mean, uh, people, if you've only heard the original version, you're going to be blown away by this. Yeah, here's Yoko's Every Man Has a Woman Who Loves Him. different and so great it's it's just just completely different feel i mean it's worth the price of the stripped down version just that alone yeah yeah you know and that and the that and watching the wheels i think that you know yeah just the difference in them you know it makes it makes it great yeah the last song in the album hard times are over um how do you feel about this one well, it's a Yoko song, and it's a kind of a gospel-y song. You hear there's a choir on the original version of kid, like it's a, a kid's choir. It might be the New York City Children's Choir or something. Uh, so a choir, and it's okay. It's a good closer. I just think of gospel It's got an organ on it, and the, the sentiments, as we were talking about earlier, hard times are over. It's so, again, takes on an added sadness when you think about what happened just a few weeks later how here they were finally back together and domestic and bliss and all that and then the what happened happened so i i i I don't mind it doesn't bother me i i kind of like it i like the original um on the strip down it's so different and and uh made me think of how they should have recorded it. Yeah. It actually almost ruined the song for me. Huh. Because John does not sing very well on this song. <laughs> no. Yoko's, Yoko's kind of singing her heart out. <laughs> and John's kind of like half-assing it. And it doesn't mix together. It, 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 that, unlike the one we just heard, where 
you know, once you strip everything away, it, it's like, ooh, their voices match real well. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite. This is like, <laughs> ugh. Don't, don't, either don't sing John or don't sing Yoko. <laughs> I, I, think, I think John should have... And then I thought, oh, well, they should have traded off verses. Yeah. That, that would have been friggin' awesome. Yeah, yeah. But, and then, and then, and then every time we get to the hard times are over, <laughs> then bring in the chorus. Oh, yes. That would have been a classic. See, See I should have produced We it. should have been in the studio on this one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, you're right, it's a good case. John doesn't sound very good on the stripped down version. I don't know if it was, they, he did a redo or something for the final, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good closer, I guess is how I would describe it. And so that's Yeah, I still give it a thumbs up and I like the idea of the song. I like that yeah. I like the idea of most of this album yeah. now that I you know, I've been combing through it like this. I just like I like what they were doing and it gives you this feeling, especially because of the a couple of the cuts off of Milk and Honey, which we may never talk about. <laughs> Well, we should mention for those for those who don't know, Milk the the songs that are on Double Fantasy were only some of the ones that they recorded. They were planning another album, and it was obviously John was killed. But they did release Yoko did release uh, some of the other songs that were recorded, and a lot of them are kind of demos. They're, they don't sound very polished, and there's some rough segments, some good tunes though. But that was on an album in 1984 called Milk and Honey. So if you yeah. like the songs on Double Fantasy, you should check out Milk and Honey, too, because they're from the same sessions. Well, and particularly, Nobody Told Me yeah. is yeah. a great, great, great song. Yes. And it kind of gives you the idea that they were, they were, they were keeping going in the same sort of direction. Uh, uh, with the the writing, um, and I think that I think that had you know there been subsequent albums, um, some of the production stuff might have gotten fixed eventually. <laughs> I, I don't know. So. I don't know. We we were heading into the eighties, so they could have like you know yeah. all sounded like the Eurythmics or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, that that's the that's the sad thing when somebody's killed. Or dies so young, and John was forty, uh, which I, you know is not really young, but still, you you never know where they would have gone, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I we know the '80s weren't very kind to the Beatles in terms of uh, George's songs until the end of the decade where he just dropped out. Uh, Paul made some pretty awful albums in the mid '80s, uh, so. I wonder what John would have done. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, it's hard to tell. I have the feeling that whatever the trends were, that he would have just been on his own. Yeah. He would have just been like, eh, I'm doing this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see him doing, you know, something that sounds like, you know, Kajagugu or whatever. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Can you imagine John looking dressing like that in the eighties too? <laughs> Being in a hair band? I don't know. Uh, scary. Funny. Yeah. yeah. So that's double fantasy, and uh, if you want to sum things up here, uh, as I well, what's your rating? Yeah, rating for double fantasy. I think you have to buy the recently the two thousand ten remaster with both versions in it and if you've never heard the original i would listen to the original first and then go to the stripped down version i think on the whole i'd uh, i'm probably more favorable to than you are i'd maybe give it a seven and a half or eight i was gonna go seven and a half seven seven and a half i mean i know individually we talked we sort of made fun. I, you know, I do that. That's my thing. My thing sort of making fun of some of them. But, yeah. you know, I think it's one of his actually better albums. Um, you know, it probably is third or maybe fourth best album. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's debatable. But I would, I would say, uh, it, particularly with the reissue, it, it it took it. I mean, it might have been a six before for me. Yeah, yeah. But but this reissue's really like climbed the chart. So I'm gonna, I'll get, I'll stick with seven point five. All right, sounds good. So yeah. it it we're we're not alone here in giving it pretty good reviews because it did get a Grammy award for album of the year and was ranked as number 29 on Rolling Stone Magazine's list of 100 Greatest Albums of the 1980s. So, uh, wow. yeah, which gives it, I guess, time makes it seem a little bit better than it was. But uh, I still, I think, I'm with you. I think there's a lot of good tunes on it, and it's well worth it for any Beatle fan, and especially John fans need to have the two-CD version, the stripped-down version, and the remastered. That's right, and it's uh, one last note. Great album cover. Yes, real good. <laughs> you can see John and Yoko kissing uh, very tenderly. Very on the tender. album, so <laughs> it really fits uh, what the album is. Yeah, so it is. Why don't we go out, Dave, with a little bit of just like starting over? Yeah, that's uh, which version would you like to hear? You want to hear the stripped down or the original? Let's hear the original. All right, let's go with the original. And we'll leave it there for this time. So thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Our life together is so precious. Together we have grown. We have grown. Although our love is still special Let's take a chance and fly away Somewhere alone It's been too long since we took the time No one's to play in mind No time flies so quickly Starting